And welcome back, everybody, to the Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Paul Anderson and Nate Johnstone. And we have been talking the last couple of weeks about relational Christianity and how different things can look when you focus on relationship over function like Jesus did and like Paul is constantly encouraging us to do in the New Testament. And John, we looked at things that the Apostle John wrote as well. And so, Paul. Take us to the the next step of what we're talking about. So it might sound strange for people to uh, hear us saying that relationships are that important, but uh, the church is sometimes compared to the family. You know, God is the father and we're his children and the church operates as a relational paradigm. And so the organism this organization, the organism drives the organization rather than vice versa. And where functions supersede relationships, then there are problems. And sometimes we don't even see that happening because we're so tempted to get the job done. We got to get the job done that we can easily abuse people without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. And I know I've done it. I'm sad to say that that, uh, a driven person and I'm in some ways driven, and I want to get that job done, I can sacrifice a person for the job. And so I've written some things down here, Nate, that uh, can help us to look at our own church, our own family, and say, when relationships are primary in the church, what will we see? Here Here we go. I'm going to list them. People are more important than programs. Sometimes programs actually override the interest of the person because Mm -hmm. we think the program is so important. Secondly, the process is as important as the product. Mm -hmm. Do I really believe that the process has value? It has all kinds of value. And I need, I need to embrace that. Where relationships are primary, everybody gets a piece of the pie. Just like in the family, everybody gets a piece of that apple pie cut out for them. And so it's the same as true in the family of God. People are positioned where they are gifted to function, not simply to meet the need of an organization. That's a a big one. (laughs) It is a big one. We need to learn to serve and to do what needs to get done. That's a part of it, of course. There are times when we just have to do Mm -hmm. it to get the job done. But we're not simply there. We don't want to use people to to meet the needs of the organization because we're going to easily abuse them. Next, people are appreciated regardless of their position or function. Mm Mm-hmm. Got two more. Transparency and vulnerability are valued in a climate of grace. Mm -hmm. Where people, where relationships are primary, it's easier to be transparent and vulnerable about areas where you lack because it's not going to affect this outcome because you're you're concerned for people. Right. So if you say you're struggling in one area, you're, you're free to share that as opposed to, oh, they might not let me be the Sunday school superintendent once they find out that I'm struggling with this. Yeah. You know, there's less, less concern about that. 
that's important. So, so uh, anything, anything you want to say about this? Or, or I, I've also made a list of <clears throat> what happens where functions supersede relationships. Those, those are also good. And I, I'm trying to think of, let's, let's get some practical examples of what we're talking about. And I've got one. I, at one point, was leading a worship team. And my goal with the worship team was, honestly, at first, my goal was to have as excellent of worship as we could have. Mm -hmm. My goal then changed to, a better one, by the way, to lead the people of the congregation into the best worship experience that they could have. There's a difference between those two that we don't really need to talk about at the moment because it's not super relevant. But here's, my, here's what I really did wrong. Even with the better goal of helping the congregation to enter into worship as best as they can, that was my goal over and against the worship team themselves. Okay. And so I wasn't mentoring these folks. I wasn't concerned about their feelings. I was like, we, we got to get worship done and it's got to be good, you know? Um, and I have looked back on that and I regretted it because I know that there was at least one person on there who was pretty borderline in their faith. And I know there was another person on there who was really struggling with some personal stuff. And had I been more focused on the people than on the product, mm. that's I, a great phrase. I think that it would have made a greater difference for the kingdom of God in the long run. I love it. I love it. We need to be more concerned for people than for the product. And this is one of the areas that we differ from the way the world tends to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus was always more concerned about the people than the product. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, I've looked back on that as one of my, one of my leadership regrets. Yeah. And, and we learn from those, right? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> if we're humble enough and, and allow the spirit to teach us, we, we, we learn from those things so that, I, so that I don't do that anymore. But there is still temptation sometimes, especially like if it's a Sunday morning and there's some things that haven't been done yet. And I'm like, I, I got to lead worship and I got to preach. And it's easier. It's easy to run over people on your way to do what needs to be done. Right. Um, and that's, still challenging. that's what we're, we're saying in a local sense, in a congregational sense, in a governmental sense. That's what. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was encountering with the Third Reich. They were running over people with a vision that had something positive in it. Right. And he was trying to restore their economy and, and restore their, their culture and everything. I mean, it started out sounding good. And it won most of the German Lutherans. Mm -hmm. Hitler didn't take over Germany. He won a rightful election. Mm-hmm. They wanted that. Now, he didn't say, I'm going to restore our economy and Germany is going to be great again and I'm going to kill a whole lot of people and I'm going to steal a whole lot of their stuff. Vote for me. You know, he left the last two out. Um, but people should have still seen it. Yeah. And they did not. So thank you for that illustration. So uh, what we're saying is that relationships 
have to drive the organization. The yeah. organism has to drive the organization. And now I'm going to give some examples of what can happen where functions, what we do, precedes relationships, who we are and how we connect together. Mm -hmm. When functions supersede relationships, first of all, people are sometimes secondary to the vision or to the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? It's true. Getting the job done can appear more important than care for the individual. Values, that is those things that are most important to us, what we value, can be compromised for vision. Yep. Which is the story I was sharing the other week about, yes. an, about a good organization, a missions organization that, that had a, wanted to reach an unreached people group. What a wonderful vision and wonderful goal. And they destroyed every missionary that I knew that worked for them. Ruined them. Divorces. Kids who would have nothing to do with Jesus after that. Crime. I mean, they were just ruined because they were not supported. They were not loved. They were not helped. They were not heard when they said, we need this or we can't do this or we need help. It's like, no, we have a vision to reach these people. We will reach them. We will do the job. Jesus wants us to do that. A lot of, a lot of religious guilt as well. And uh, just horrible. That is horrible. So I'm talking about when functions, that is what we do, supersede relationships. Here's another one. The process is less important than the product. Mm -hmm. And by the product, I mean the goal, the objective, the, the vision, where we are headed for. Some can feel so strong about that product that the process is compromised. And what we say then, the means, we don't, uh, be, um, we sacrifice the means for the end, but the means become the end. Right. That, that's what happens, which is what I'm gonna say for my last point, <laughs> the end. <laughs> justifies the mean but then the means becomes the end mm -hmm. and of course there are times when the end does justify the means mm -hmm. you know there are times when that's true you know when it comes to disciplining your kids and you know that sort of thing it's like yes they don't like discipline <laughs> none of us do right or they don't like eating their vegetables or they don't like bedtime or whatever it is but you have to do it anyway and the goal is that you're raising up your kids to be able to make right decisions on their own um and so that's fine but you could do that in such a way where the means were really destructive to the kids oh yeah anger i mean a lot of people grew up that way mm -hmm. right with their parents being like, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. And then they take off the belt and then they whoop them. And I'm not talking about our modern view of, of uh, abusive child discipline. I'm talking about the way my grandma grew up. Go get me a switch is what her mom would say. She had to go and find a stick, 
bring it back to get beaten with it. Wow. That was normal farm life for her, right? And, you know, my grandpa was one to, to take off the belt and use it. Uh, my mom would always jump in, <laughs> stop him. It didn't happen that often. But, you know, that wasn't the case with his own kids. And so there are means which are destructive, even if they produce results. Mm-hmm. See, in our culture right now, we're so result oriented that sometimes we don't even ask and this this was a huge problem that came out in like the 80s and 90s that a lot of american companies were using child labor factories in china and india and places like that and so whether it's sneakers or clothes or electronics they were using places over there because it was cheaper Mm. and so the end result was a good product that was cheaper that means more profit for our company and so the shareholders are happy because they're getting more and they don't want to know the means Well, the means are 10-year-old kids are working 12-hour days to make this. And that came out. This was happening in a lot of places. And people decided, oh, okay, that's not worth it. Those means are not worth those ends. Mm -hmm. And I think there's more of that to do (laughs) in the world because that the same basic stuff is still happening. I mean, when, when you have to put nets outside of the top floors of factories so that when people jump to their death, they don't die, they hit the nets. That's an indicator that your means are off base Mm -hmm. and all of us buy the products made in those factories. And so there's, I I don't want, I don't want to get all like, you know, social justice on you or whatever. But, but I'm saying that the means don't justify the ends. And it's really important that we're careful with that. And parenting is, is one of the biggest life examples, you know, certainly in my life, that if my goal is a certain type of behavior, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm already wrong. My goal needs to be my child, not the behavior of the child. Otherwise, I will sacrifice things that I shouldn't sacrifice in order to get the result that I want, the behavior that I want from the kid. And the kid will learn, I, all I have to do is do this behavior. I don't have to believe it. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to change. I don't have to do anything. I can just fake this behavior and I'll get by. And that's not what I'm trying to raise my kids to do. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to raise them to be lovers of God and of other people. So, so I mean, this is real life stuff. This isn't just church leadership stuff. I think this affects all of us. I think in our training, Nate, and you and I both do training. We train people to speak. You're training people to do worship. That that's a place where we want to watch ourselves to make sure that in our training, we're, we're most interested in who they are and what they become rather than how they serve us. We've got some wonderful people who have said, I want to help. I want to do these things. I can think of them right now, and you can think of some of them. They're wonderful people. They struggle in certain areas. And I hope that I'm not guilty of using them to serve a good cause Mm -hmm. rather than using the cause to serve them. Exactly. But it's difficult. It's difficult. And I think that's why we're we're supposed to be in this together because sometimes I don't necessarily see that I'm doing that maybe. Mm-hmm. And you or somebody on the leadership team or my wife or somebody can be like, 
I'm not really comfortable with with what they're doing or where they're at. I, I feel like maybe you're pushing too hard or you're using or abusing or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, they love doing that. Yeah, but do they love doing it every week? Hmm, maybe they don't, you know? Um, it's stuff that we really have to think about a lot. And again, I go back to parenting because it's such an easy example, but this is a harder way of life. There is no question about it. Discipleship is a harder way of life. It takes forever. Do you think Jesus very quickly discipled the apostles so that those guys were right away ready to go? No, it took so much work. It was so much time. It was so long, but it was really worth it because just those 12 people changed the world through the Holy Spirit, right? And so when I want to teach one of my kids how to cook something or when they ask, okay, I'm late. Sarah's almost home. I was in charge of making food tonight. Shoot, I'm not ready. I'm trying to do things quick. I'm, can I help daddy? <sighs> I have a decision to make now. Do I let them help, which will take longer, and my goal, my product, my ends will not happen either the way I want to or as quickly as I wanted to? Or do I choose the means and decide that my kid learning how to do this, or my kid bonding with me in this experience, or my kid learning how to, to help the family and to serve in ways that they can, is that more important than getting the dinner ready on time? This is an example I've experienced many times, by the way, this wasn't made up. Well, that, that, that happens at least once a week. Um, and I, I will admit that sometimes that's, it should be an easy choice for me, especially at this point. But sometimes it's like, I know I have to choose this, but I don't want to because I just want to get it done. I just want to get the job done. And that's, I think a lot of us are that way, but that's really a part of my personality. Sometimes I just want to get things done. And that's just not the way God would prefer to do it a lot of the times. That would be good just to stop and invite people to say, where do those frustrations rise with you in the yeah. people that you are connected to where you may find yourself frustrated because it's sacrificing a goal for a means? Mm -hmm. And you would rather see the goal done than the means uh, dealt with in a, in a very caring way. I think uh, that would be a, a good thing for all of us just to stop and say, where do I do that? Because I, I'm goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. I like goals. I like setting goals. I like going for goals. I like the motivation that that brings. Yep. And then if people get in the way of our goals, whether they're kids, whether they're five or 55, uh, we have to think about that and see if, if we have enough love to sacrifice our ends for good means. And it is a sacrifice. It you is. Use that, you use that word. And sometimes, actually, most of the time, this is a sacrifice. Because let's be honest, you and I are pretty efficient people. And there's a lot of stuff that you or I could get done pretty quickly or pretty efficiently or pretty well that if we invite somebody else into it, wouldn't happen as quickly or maybe as well. Um, and that's tough. I remember, you know, I've been, I've been leading worship since high school. And I remember the first time I started releasing other people to lead worship. 
um, and training them, trying to disciple, trying to do this, right? Because I had been taught this is important. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do this. And so someone else would lead the worship and I'm just like, you know, either they're off key or why this song or it's way too slow or where are the words on the screen? I mean, it, it's something. And so to watch it, it was difficult. And it was like, oh, okay, God, discipleship, yay, <laughs> you know, but it was tough for me. But what I didn't realize is afterwards, everybody was happy. I didn't hear anybody go, that worship was subpar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They was all like, it was awesome to hear you lead worship. They were all praiseworthy about the person and, and they were encouraging and great. And I felt ashamed. Mm. This is a specific time I can think of. I felt ashamed. I was like, oh man. I, was care- I cared more about the excellence of the product than I did about the person. I'm doing this to try to disciple and I'm missing the whole boat <laughs> on yeah. the whole thing. So, and that was... I, I actually like those moments when the Holy Spirit is like, uh, by the way, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah. oh, no. So, yeah. And I'm sure those of you who are listening or watching have experienced the same thing. Maybe you can ask the Holy Spirit over the next couple of days. Can you show me some of the ways that maybe I am choosing the ends over the means. Maybe I am going for the goal, going for the product, going for what I want to happen and willing to speed and cross the speed limit or maybe run over somebody or maybe not really care that this other person is unhappy in this situation as long as I can get it done. I think most of us are guilty of doing this sometimes and maybe we're unaware of it Mm -hmm. because in all honesty, we, we're just trying to do our job or we're just trying to get something done or we're just trying to create this or do that. But it's very easy to do that. It's easy to choose the product over the person. Mm. So maybe spend some time in prayer this week asking the Holy Spirit to show you if there's anywhere you're doing that. Or maybe some, uh, we've shared a few stories about how we've messed up in, this, in these areas. Uh, maybe ask the Holy Spirit to do that for you. And, and when he does, when he brings something to mind, past or present, repent of that, right? Just confess it and say, God, I'm sorry. I, I did that and I am sorry. Don't beat yourself up about it. We're not into flagellation or anything like that, okay? But repentance is important. Confess, repent, forgive if there's any forgiveness that needs to happen. Because you also may find that maybe you haven't done this or haven't done it as much, but maybe it was done to you. And that's something we're going to talk about next week because I think that's really important. Um, so let, bring those things up in prayer for the next week to the Lord and see what he shows you. If he shows you something you don't like to see in the mirror, repent. And, he'll, and I'd like to add one thing before Please. we pray that if you have an illustration of what we just taught and it would be helpful for us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your feedback, of course. How do you like it? But we'd also like to get help. If you have an illustration that can help us do this better, we'd like to hear from you. I'll bet some of you have stories to tell that can match or uh, go beyond the stories that we've told. So feel free to send them to us. How do they do that, Nate? Well, they, they, could, they could send it on Facebook, on our Facebook page, or they could send it we, to the email address, questions at tcwkcast.com. Say it again. And questions at 
TCWK, Things Christians Want to Know, is what that stands for, cast, as in podcast.com. Or hit the home button to wherever uh, you're listening to us or watching us right now, and that information should be there as well. But we would really love to hear from you, and we might even put you on, or at least read it. And so if that's something that interests you, go for that. Uh, Paul, why don't you pray us out? Yes, I'm so thankful, Father, that we are talking about this. Because even as we do, I'm finding that I'm saying ouch to the times where I've been so goal-oriented that I've run over people and I have ignored their needs for my needs or the church's needs, and I don't want to do that. I pray that you would allow me to be more Christ-like in the way I deal with people, in the way I disciple them, in the way I mentor, that uh, they could see Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so we bless our listeners. We thank you for them. We pray that you would meet their needs, provide for them in every way, financially, personally, relationally. I pray that they would have people in their life that are loving them and that they can be loving others in the way that you want us to love others through the working of your Holy Spirit within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And come on back next week for the next part of this series. This is, I'm really enjoying this, Paul. I think this is a big, a big thing for the church and for Christians these days. I'm glad we're talking about this. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. God bless. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.